Hi, Hi everyone. Welcome to Amateur Spice episode. I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> we, we've made enough that we don't even know at this point. Uh, Which is great. I feel yeah. so prepared. Um, episode something. Um, today we are kind of doing what we did a few episodes ago where one of us kind of talks about something and the other one we kind of like gel off of each other. Um, I'm just very unprepared today. <laughs> so, but I'm very excited for this topic, so I want to do it. Yeah, yeah, it's going to be a good one. Um, so today we're kind of going to be talking about, I guess, precursor to this. I saw a tweet on my Twitter feed a couple of days ago that just really incensed me. Um, it was a been angry all week. I've been angry all week, y'all. It was a kind of um, like a think piece tweet, I guess, that this leftist account you know, made that was critiquing sex work, saying that sex work isn't legitimate, um, that all sex work is sex trafficking, all sex workers are rape victims, just, you know, something very idiotic with, you know, points that just didn't make sense. I don't have the actual tweet in front of me right now, but I don't necessarily want to give that person a platform because what they were saying was ridiculous. So just, you know, seeing that on my timeline I feel like I've been seeing a lot of anti-sex work TikToks that for some reason have been pushed to my for you page lately um and just I think the big fear not fear mongering but I feel like everyone in the whole world is afraid of being sex trafficked recently yeah um so I think that's something that kind of plays into this as well so today we're going to be talking about rights not rescue um I think that's what I'll call, probably call the episode when I edit and release it. Um, and essentially that argument, if you are new to sex work discourse, if you don't really know much about this, um, I didn't know as much as I thought I did before I started doing research. Um, the idea is that sex workers are not looking to be rescued. We don't need to be rescued. We don't yep. need anyone to come in on a white horse and save us. There are definitely parts of sex work in the industry that need to be rectified and modified and worked through. No industry is perfect. And just like in this one, there are big issues that occur, but that doesn't mean that it needs to be completely wiped out and equated to sex trafficking, which it is right now. Yep. And I want to do a whole separate episode on the history of sex work, but just know that like it has been around for fucking ever. It's called the oldest profession for a reason. Like yeah. it just to say that this is something new that is happening with the rise of the internet and with the rise of influencer culture. Definitely. It plays a part. I think that sex work online looks a lot different, obviously, than mm -hmm. sex work has looked in the past. And there are legitimate critiques to that that kind of plays into why I don't think we should legalize. I think we should decriminalize instead. But Absolutely. To say that this is just a new fad, that sex work is just a new fad that all of a sudden is coming out of the woodwork, um, piggybacking off of sex trafficking, which is essentially what that person was saying in their tweet, is just untrue. And also, I've said this before, and I'll say it again, like traffic trafficking is non-consensual. Sex work is consensual. And that is the big difference. Exactly. That is the difference. A sex worker can consent to a transactional relationship between themselves and a buyer. And that is no one's business between the other than the sex worker and the buyer. And to try yeah. and 
you know, wedge yourself into that and say that you are looking to rescue them from themselves and from this industry is really mm-hmm. asinine and pigheaded. So we're going to be getting into why that is today. Um, I first, I really want to plug Pama on TikTok and Breezy on TikTok. I'll put their ads um, at the end of the episode, but they are two really incredible resources who I've learned so much about sex work, even since I've started. Um, if you're not following them, you definitely should be following them and boosting their voices. Do it, do um, it. <laughs> if you ever are listening, either of you, thank you for everything I've learned from you. I find you both really inspiring. Um, so yeah, let's get into this. I'm Eve. I'm Nixie. And yeah, if you don't know that. Hello. Hello. If you want some bongs or some dongs, you should go to hornystoner.com. You should. <laughs> All your stuff will be there. And get 10% off with the code Amateur Spice. Yeah. Okay. Shameless plug over. <laughs> the biggest argument I think I drew from today, I also just want to plug real quick. It's called Sex Work is Work. That is the Problem and the Key by Amaranta Heredia Hyen. Um, they have put out a really amazing article which goes over what the Swedish Nordic model is, why that isn't necessarily great, and then looks at the differences between decriminalization, legalization, and why most anti-sex trafficking organizations are doing more harm than good. It was a really mm-hmm. awesome article. I will be linking it as well. The, th- the first thing that I wanted to talk about was just that, you know, there are a lot of organizations out there that say that they are anti-sex work organi- or anti-sex trafficking organizations. They are working to rescue all of the victims of sex trafficking around the world. Mm-hmm. Um, I think everyone in the whole world has probably heard the word sex trafficking in like the last month or so for some reason, not for some reason, but like that is just in the forefront of everyone right now. You know, like I, there's so yeah. many TikToks of people saying that they were almost kidnapped at a Walmart and sex trafficked, which I don't always... I just think that sometimes people are being paranoid. I don't know. I think that there is a big issue with that, but like it just has really begun to be like hyped up and like a big sensationalist thing. And this article that I read did a really good job of explaining why it's on part because of these anti-sex trafficking organizations. So essentially, anti-trafficking campaigns do not, look at 90% of trafficked people in the world, usually when they're looking at sex trafficking specifically. So Mm -hmm. there are about 40 million enslaved people in the world right now, um, which is really alarming in a world where slavery, according to us, has been eradicated. It actually hasn't. And when people do think of slavery today, they typically think of sex slavery. They typically think of like, a whole like and that definitely exists you know like that is a real thing sex trafficking is real sex slavery is real but what a lot of people don't know is that that's only 10% of slave enslaved people in the world the other 90% is like domestic jobs people who are being forced to be laborers against their will people who are being forced to be nannies and maids against their will and most of these sex trafficking organizations that are working to end sex trafficking do nothing to acknowledge this huge pool of enslaved people that also exist. And like, obviously someone needs to be advocating for victims of sex trafficking, but like, how can you say that there's, this is the big issue with enslaved people when there's a whole other issue going on outside of that? You know what I mean? That's absolutely wild. Honestly, that's so crazy. 
I wonder if part of the fact is that it's just like sex is taboo. Like sex is the easy thing to point fingers at. I think so. I think that it just, it's a lot easier to advocate for a scared little, you know, I mean, I think that the big, not the big, but like the, the caricature of a sex trafficking victim that people like to think of is like a, a little blonde white girl. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's, yep. that's what people like to think is a trafficked person. That isn't even the people who are being sex trafficked. You know what I mean? Like that's not even the people who are being stolen and sex trafficked. It's usually black women or black children or people of color who are being stolen from their homes and brought somewhere else. I'm yep. not saying it doesn't happen to little blonde white people, but it's just not as likely. Honestly, they're the yeah. ones who are going to be on the news that they fucking went missing. Oh, absolutely. Um, and I just think that a lot of anti-trafficking awareness campaigns try to portray a victim like that. And that's not necessarily mm-hmm. like the case. Um, they distort the reality to grab attention. Essentially they sensationalize, they promote sensationalist media coverage and they feed mass hysteria. They focus exclusively on sex trafficking, ignoring the majority of human trafficking that takes place today. And they conflate trafficking with sex work and in turn infantilize and victimize sex workers who just want a seat at the table. They just want their voices to be heard. And instead we're victims and we are just people who are being sex trafficked. And Mm -hmm. again, Not to say that abuse and bad things don't happen to people who work in sex work. Not to say that people who work in sex work can't be sex trafficked. That is a real thing that does happen. But by looking- And not saying that I guess everyone in sex work, I guess, wants wants to be. be. There are definitely some people that have to do it for survival, but they are still consenting to it. And that's the big difference, I think. Yeah. And if you're trying to rescue them, like you say you are, maybe pouring millions of dollars into commercials and internet campaigns and trying to completely make sex work illegal is not the thing to do. Maybe you should be working on providing a safe and stable life for these people instead and pouring money into the communities that they live in. But instead, you're just trying to make their job seem like it's this horrible thing that shouldn't exist. Yeah. And that also is an issue. Um, Yeah. So another thing I had in my notes, just off of that, they use money to stop sex trafficking when these funds can instead be used to improve the lives and the living arrangements of these Mm -hmm. sex workers um, or trafficking victims or other marginalized people, you know, like, but instead you're just trying to scare people. You're trying to fear monger. Yeah, like like I said, there are some people that don't necessarily want to be doing sex work, but they have to to survive. But like if that money went back into helping people like them, then amazing. Then they don't have to do it anymore. And it's organizations like that and attitudes like that that birth Sesta and FOSTA. Like I don't know if anyone remembers all of the like feel goody Ashton Kutcher videos that used to be on the timeline everywhere of Ashton Kutcher working really hard to end sex work or sex trafficking and all of that. Mm -hmm. Ashton Kutcher was one of the biggest backers of Sesta and Fosta. Um, and is honest. Yeah. What, like imagine being someone who has to resort to sex work, survival sex work. You don't necessarily want to be doing it, but you're doing it of your own free will. It's the one thing that works for you. You're able to make money. And then you see videos from actors who are working hard to end sex traf- sex trafficking, apparently. But the thing that they're 
using is just fucking your job up more. All of your social media accounts get deleted. People start to look at you with even more stigma. People don't want to help you when you reach out for help because, or they don't want to help you in the right way. They want to take away your, your source of income. Um, and I just don't know. I feel like, I feel like we need to say quick, if you don't know Sesta Fasta, we have a whole episode on it. So go listen to that. Yes. That (laughs) as well. Um, because I'm not trying to explain all that. Yeah, absolutely not. (laughs) Um, so I just don't think that all of these people who come from places that are not rooted in sex work and have no experience in that Mm -hmm. really understand that by wanting to end sex trafficking in this way, obviously we want to end sex trafficking. Sex trafficking shouldn't exist. It's a horrible thing. But by going after every single person in the sex trade, you're only putting sex workers into more marginalized and dangerous situations. And that is really, really causing violence. Like, by making it illegal and by criminalizing it, you are putting sex workers in situations where they have to deal with police more. Police mm-hmm. officers are one of the biggest perpetrators of violence against sex workers, period. Oh, I'm not even going to argue that with anyone listening to this. They they rape, they murder, they hurt, they assault. And I don't trust a police officer. I don't know any sex worker that trusts a police officer. So why are you trying to put the power to regulate sex work and end sex trafficking in their hands Mm -hmm. it's ridiculous so that's kind of like why a lot of the anti-trafficking organizations aren't necessarily helping sex work like I guess the intention is good in a sense that you want to end sex trafficking you want to help these people but by just infantilizing and victimizing everyone in the sex trade you're causing more harm than good like there are people who are consensual in this trade that want to have their voices heard and by just having this scorched earth policy you are doing more harm than good you're pushing people into homelessness you're pushing people into poverty you're pushing people into more violent interactions um and honestly by getting rid of these spaces that are sex sex (laughs) getting rid of these spaces that are meant for consensual sex work actually also makes it harder for you to find people that are trafficking like pushing us further down also makes sex trafficking get pushed further down exactly exactly nixie like Um, people think this helps when it really doesn't it truly does not because it makes our whole like I don't want to compare us to trafficking because it's not, but like, I guess the whole sex as a whole industry, like you push that away, you're going to hide the bad part of it too. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that by this scorch earth policy where they just want to make it all go away and it's a little bit puritanical in the sense that like, they just would rather not talk about it at all other than just that sex workers are victims. It just makes sex more stigmatized It makes sex work more stigmatized. And you're right. It does push these victims farther and farther Mm -hmm. down into somewhere where they can't be recognized. And it just like, you're doing more harm than good. I think it's Mm -hmm. worth saying that Amnesty International, which is like one of the biggest leaders in human rights awareness and human rights Mm -hmm. stuff supports decriminalization, which is what most sex workers support. Um, And they don't, look at sex work as a facet of sex trafficking so I just think that's kind of something to add as well that you know they're a pretty reputable place and they see sex work as work um yeah and also I think that like I think it's a legitimate argument sometimes when not sometimes I don't mean it like this but like There are some critiques, I guess, of sex work is work when you're looking at it in a legalization perspective. 
Um, mm-hmm. but that's not how sex workers look at sex workers work. Do you know what I'm trying to say? Like a lot of people are criminal are critical of that slogan because they think that it means that sex work will just be legalized and moderated by the government and in control of the government, which will in turn make it a lot harder for mm-hmm. black and brown people and people who are queer and people who are trans to do sex work, um, mm-hmm. which it will, it 100% yeah. will. It will make it a lot more expensive to be a sex worker. It will make you more surveilled. Um, that's kind of like what the Nordic model is, which I'll get into in a little bit. But um, that's not what sex workers want. Sex workers just want decriminalization, which puts mm-hmm. it in the power of the sex worker to work as a freelance person. They don't need to work in a brothel. They don't need to work specifically in one location. They don't need to adhere to all of these bullshit rules that would be in place and currently are in place in places like Nevada. Um, where sex work is legal. Like I, in this article that I read, I got to read y'all this little bit about Nevada because it's insane. And another, yeah, Nevada first. So (laughs) in Nevada, which again is the only state in the United States, I believe where there are more lenient sex work rules, like brothels and stuff can exist Mm -hmm. because it's government regulated. In Nevada, sex workers are only allowed to work in licensed brothels. They must undergo compulsory weekly STD testing, can be convicted for felonies if they are HIV positive, and are often required to live on the compound of the brothel and pay the owners between 40 and 50% of their earnings on top of room and board expenses. Many of these conditions imposed on sex workers within the legalization framework are deemed to controvert human rights and civil liberties, and workers are often subjected to poor or abusive working conditions. So when you legalize something, yeah, it's insane. It is absolutely insane, and it should not be happening. So when you legalize something like sex work, you are essentially putting the power into the patriarchy. The patriarchy now has the power. The patriarchy now controls everything. They control who does sex work. They control how people do sex work. They control who is in charge of the sex work. Um, It just makes government regulated pimps. And that's not how it should be. We should be in charge of how we we produce and administer our sex work. Mm -hmm. And when you legalize something, that's completely out the window. Like, um, for example, in America right now, cannabis is being legalized in some states. My state's not legal yet, which is a big bummer, but in Nixie state, it's legal. Mm-hmm. So it has taken something that used to be a kind of back alley economy and made it mainstream and government based, which in some ways is really good for taxation purposes and stuff. But in other ways, it's not just because weed is more expensive now. Um, weed might not be make, be made as well now. Um, weed has become a big capitalist thing that is completely dominated by white supremacist patriarchy when it should be in the hands of the people who have been mistreated by our government for fucking ever. So kind of just the same thing would happen, but probably a lot worse. Yeah, probably. Yeah. Definitely a lot worse. I'm just going <laughs> to say definitely. It'd be a lot worse. Um, what for the sake of the podcast what are some things that you think the government would do if it were legalized so i think that if it was legalized every sex worker would have to join a database they would have to give probably their legal name they would have to dox themselves to the government the government would be watching them watching their sex work i think it would kind of resemble the nordic model which we can get into a little bit right now um which is shit the nordic model is shit i'm just going to say that So the Nordic model is essentially where the selling of sex work is decriminalized, but to buy sex work and to facilitate sex work is still criminalized. 
Which so is tell me how the fuck does that secret. make sense? How because, the fuck does that make sense? Yeah. How are we supposed to make money if our buyers are risking themselves getting arrested? Like exactly. So buyers do not feel comfortable going through the same avenues to buy sex work because of that. They have a little bit more sense of mysteriousness, which in turn creates an easier atmosphere for violence against sex workers to be perpetrated. If the, mm-hmm. the government doesn't know who you are buying sex work because you have to do it in secret, or if a client can't have a list of her buyers or their buyers, excuse me, because sex work isn't just feminine. Anyone can be a no. sex worker. Um, if a client doesn't have a list of their buyers, because they're afraid of legal repercussions, it makes it so much easier for the buyer to hurt the sex worker. Like mm-hmm. it just really does because it creates the air of anonymity, which has existed forever. And in, which is why sex workers face violence daily. Um, mm-hmm. And so while it is often said to be the most effective way to reduce um, sex work and trafficking while protecting women who it frames as victims, it actually does neither. It still renders their work highly dangerous and it forces them underground. It puts them at risk of being homeless and it puts them at risk of being blackmailed by buyers or facilitators who are facing charges. And also it is extremely easy because of the way the laws are written in the Nordic model to have a sex worker be charged for facilitating or buying, even if they've done neither. Because they can be accused by a coworker, they can be accused by a buyer, um, and it just it just creates more violence for the sex worker. The Nordic yeah. model does not work, and it just is shitty. Like I, that, like the thing that everyone thinks something of is to like, make it sound nice. Yeah, Sorry. <laughs> no, no, you're good. It is. It's something to make it sound nice. It's something to make it sound sleek and capitalist and cunty and hot and like it's we're giving you rights yeah but you're not (laughs) but you're not you're just making it easier for us to be surveilled and for the people committing violence against us to slip under the cracks that's Mm -hmm. exactly what you're doing and if and that's essentially the model I think that Nevada is based after but I think the one in Nevada is even more hardcore than the Nordic model um again you have to register your name like I said I think that would be the case in America everywhere you'd have to be in a database mm-hmm. I bet you'd have to have routine there there would be someone above you in charge of you checking on you to make sure you're going to all your tests to make sure you're not doing shit you're supposed to do to make sure you're not breaking the law in other ways I bet there would be drug testing I bet there would be a lot Lord. of crazy ass shit yeah absolutely and, none of that surprises me yeah and it would like there would be a lot more police involvement. There would be a lot more raids. There would be a lot more of that. And there would just be more violence against sex workers. And it just shouldn't mm-hmm. fucking be like that. It should be decriminalization because it puts the power into the hands of the sex worker. 100%. So how, again, for the sake of the podcast, how does decriminalization exactly put it back into the sex worker's hands? So when you decriminalize something, it essentially makes it not legal, but not illegal. It's kind of a middleman purgatory grounds in terms of the law, I guess, um, where it isn't government regulated, but it's allowed to exist. You know Mm -hmm. what I'm saying? Like in the state I live in, cannabis has been decriminalized. So you're not going to get arrested for having it unless you have a bunch of it. So if so facto, in terms of sex work, you wouldn't get arrested for sex work unless you were like running a huge, dangerous organization where people are being hurt. If you're a norm, not normal, but if you're just someone doing freelance sex work on your own time, you wouldn't have to be afraid of that. And you'd be able to keep lists of your clients 
without being afraid of them being arrested. If someone found that list, clients wouldn't have to worry about being charged. They wouldn't have to worry about the stigma of doing this secretly. Um, Mm -hmm. And it just would really put the power in the industry and not into the government. Because Mm -hmm. unfortunately, when governments get their hands in businesses, they usually fuck it up. They just do, Mm -hmm. you know? And I just think that would be the case here as well. I also think decriminalization would help a lot more violence being stopped. I mean, ideally, because cops still have this huge stigma against us. But if like someone gets hurt or assaulted or something, meeting with a client, if it's decriminalized, then they won't be scared to actually report it and say something. Exactly. Exactly. Like that's lessening violence on sex workers. Exactly. It makes someone who thinks that they can go out and pick someone up, you know, like on the street who is working and Mm -hmm. then they can just beat the shit out of them, do whatever they want to them and that they won't go to the cops. It's fine. If someone feels comfortable enough to now report this and they don't need to be afraid of being arrested in turn just for doing their fucking job, then Mm -hmm. those people are going to start to not they're going to start to in their little tiny stupid brains start to realize that maybe they shouldn't be perpetrating violence because it's a lot easier to be caught because they're all fucking selfish assholes at the end of the day. Absolutely. Yes. Damn. Yeah. That's a really good point. Um, don't mind me. I think another big reason why people really want to push the Nordic model in places like America, um, in terms of decrim- like legalization, decriminalization is because a lot of times people work at, look at sex work as like a, um, like a service industry type of thing mm-hmm. where it's like waitressing, um, or something like that, that is typically feminized as well, which it mm-hmm. shouldn't be, but that's just the society we live in. So these industries typically are more regulated because of patriarchy and they just think that there needs to be something in place. Um, so I just think that that would play into it as well. Like I kind of said before. Yeah. Um, boo, boo, boo. I didn't even think about that, but like it is kind of service industry based, I guess. Like we yeah. are providing a service. We're entertainers. We're just exactly. adult entertainers. We're providing fantasy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So legal. Oh, this is, yeah, this is another good quote from that article. Legalization would create um, narrow regulatory regimes based on concerns and objectives, such as the health of clients, taxation, or public morality. So money would be more important. I mean, they say the health of clients, but I think that that would just mean like they would care more about the person buying than, yeah. You know what I mean? Than the person. Like if we were, I have a feeling shit like if we were clean, but then the client gets something from someone that wasn't us, but then they saw us that we would be in trouble. Exactly. Or if you were being assaulted by a client and you had to do something to protect yourself and they ended up hurt or dead, you would be fucked. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, or public morality. Um, so again, like if, sex work was legalized in America and all of these regula- regulations and all this dumb bullshit took into effect. If all of a sudden we had another big morality panic where people were very anti-sex work, the government could easily shut that shit down. Um, oh. Decriminalization, it's harder to decriminalize something and then recriminalize it, but it's mm-hmm. not the same with legalization. So that's another reason why decriminalization is what sex workers typically advocate for instead. Yeah. 
Ask any sex worker, honestly, that is what we advocate for. We're not advocating for it to become this big capitalist thing. If a sex worker is arguing for that, then they're an Instagram model cosplaying. There's no, yeah. they just want to make money and exploit other sex workers if they're or they don't know what they're talking about. Yeah. I would say it has gotten so mainstream that I am sure I am definitely positive. There are plenty of models that don't actually care about like the actual politics of it and stuff no, and that, the people as a whole they're just like I'm hot and I can show my butthole and get ten thousand dollars that is what's so frustrating too about the conversation is that like there are so many legitimate sex workers who are fighting for this that like want our voices to be heard in the right way mm-hmm. and like want this to be done correctly but then you get people who just are like well this is just an easy thing I can do for like a year and then stop and like yeah. I don't need to actually think about how it affects my community like my community in any way even though I'm not actually part yeah. of this community you know what I mean like it just yeah. is really, really or they cool. think I feel like also there's some people I've only seen it a few times but like they have they get so much money that they're like eh, that doesn't affect me anyway Exactly. And yes, it fucking does. It affects all of us. Like mm-hmm. it, whether you think it does or not, like whether it's like so- societally it does or financially one day it'll come to bite you in the ass. The other thing is That's that if it got legalized, yeah. sorry, go ahead. <laughs> no, if it got legalized, the amount of fucking taxes that we oh, would have yeah. to pay, we already pay taxes. Now. We already pay taxes. pay taxes for the record. <laughs> yeah. For the record, I paid 15 grand in taxes this year. Like we are paying taxes. Wild. <laughs> yeah. But it sucked. Um, but it would be way more than that. I'm sure we'd have to pay a, a fee every transaction we had mm-hmm. like right away immediately to the government. I bet they'd have to take a huge cut of it and it would be fucking ridiculous. Yep. Cause it's all about money, baby. Yep. And what I was going to say was like SESTA FOSTA they're gonna shut down your account they don't care how much money you're making they'll still shut down your account for stupid shit yeah it won't matter because those things will still be in place all in terms of protecting and regulating um and that's just not true you know i just think that people sometimes are well-intentioned and they think that they're doing something good when they're not but there are other times too where the argument is just rooted in misogyny, especially Mm -hmm. if it's coming from a man. I'm sorry, but if you're a cis man that does not have any relation to sex work at all, you don't know what the fuck you're talking about and you need to shut the fuck up and listen. Like, I'm sorry, but you just do. It's just not your place. I mean, if you listen to all our episodes of the podcast, hopefully you know a little bit. (laughs) Yeah, hopefully you know a little bit. But if you're just some fucking guy on Twitter who thinks he knows what the fuck he's talking about because he's read a few books, you don't know what you're talking about. Like intellectualness, that's definitely not even a word, but being an intellectual does not equal being right always, you Mm -hmm. know, it just doesn't. Honestly, like it's different for men than women too. Like you're still not going to get it. Like, Hey, do you know, Tommy Lee's penis was up on Instagram for like half a day before I ever got taken down. Like, yeah, he's a celebrity, but I also feel like if a woman did something like that, it would not have stayed up that long. And her life would be fucking over. Absolutely. Like think about all the flack Brittany got and she was putting emojis over her nipples. Yep. Yep. Like it's all about misogyny at the end of the day too. And it's just bullshit. So yeah, I mean, that kind of was like all of the notes I had from that article and just from myself and like my research. I think that 
I'll link those all obviously so you can do your own reading but the last thing in that article that I just thought was important to say that we kind of have talked about already obviously sex trafficking exists obviously it's victims obviously need support obviously that's not what me and Nixie are saying here um but sex workers us in and of ourselves are in a a unique position to identify victims of sex trafficking and reach out to them so that's another reason why sex work is valid in and of itself we are the ones who can most easily identify this and report it if you get rid of us you get rid of the main lifeline that most victims of sex trafficking have yep because that's just how, you know, we can, we look out for that. I think a lot easier. Yeah. And of course me and Nixie can fucking say this as online sex workers, but people who work in the streets and like do full service can probably recognize that even more, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And by completely making that illegal and saying that they don't know what the fuck they're talking about, like you're just wrong, you know? Right. Um, like, okay, good luck trying yeah. to find survivors or victims. Sorry. Exactly. Like you don't know how to talk. You don't know how to talk to people like in the same way, like you know, I just imagine like a, a, you're a victim of sex trafficking and you don't feel like you have any resources, any lifelines. Are you more likely to talk to a 45 year old scary buff cop with a buzzed head? Or are you more likely to talk to someone who also does sex work that maybe can empathize with you? Yeah. Um, so they can reach out to them more they can understand the nuances and the difficulties of their situation and they can offer solidarity. Sex workers are who are going to end sex trafficking because we understand more than the patriarchy and we are already doing this. Most sex workers that actually care about the issues are working hard to help bring awareness to the issue in a real way. Mm-hmm. Again, it's rights, not rescue. We are not children. We are not dummies. We don't need to be helped. We need to be listened to and given the right avenues and the right resources to do our profession in a safe way. There is no other argument besides that. Literally. 100%. In my opinion. No, you are 100% right. Yeah. <laughs> it just like decriminalization, like, I don't know, write to your senators or something. If you're feeling really bold and supportive and great. Yeah. Honestly, (laughs) like, please. Yeah. Decriminalization is what we want. Okay. Yeah. Thank y'all. I was so mad like three days ago and I texted Nixie and I was like, this is what we're doing the next episode about. I'm fucking pissed off. (laughs) It sounds great. (laughs) So yeah, that's kind of what I wanted to talk about today. I just think that at the end of the day, it is a lot more than just people are being sex trafficked and all the whole sex industry needs to be ended because we are all victims. We are not all victims. I'm not a victim. I don't want to call myself a victim. And for you to call me a victim, you don't fucking know me. Um, and you know, like I, again, I come from a place of privilege. I am a white cisgender, able-bodied, person who does not need to do sex work full service. I'm not lucky enough, but I am able to do it just online right now. And imagine being someone who is able to do not able, but is doing full service sex work, making money, surviving, supporting Mm -hmm. themselves, finding something that works for them, even though they've been completely pushed to the fringes of society and then still being told, well, you're just a victim and you don't actually know what you're doing and you need to be saved. And then having the rug pulled away and not being able to do the same things they've been doing to support themselves because they're too mentally, like they're too, they don't have the resources to work a real job, not a real job, but like a nine to five, you know, like they're disabled or they're mentally ill or there's something else going on or they have kids. And like, 
you just don't know what you're talking about, you know, like just because it doesn't work for you. And just because there is this outside issue that honestly isn't related as much as you think doesn't Mm -hmm. mean that this needs to not exist. Yep. hundred percent. Yeah. I feel like I'm just agreeing with you, but you were just saying everything perfectly today. I really (laughs) hope that this sounds good and like, it makes sense. And I don't sound dumb. Like I, the thoughts are in my head, but sometimes it's hard to make it come out. You know what I mean? I think it sounds really good. Okay, cool. Yeah. I good. think we did it. All right. Thank you guys so much for you? listening. Huh? Where can we find you? So my Twitter and my Instagram is MessyXBangs. My TikTok is SexyShouter69. And my OnlyFans is OnlyFans.com slash MoonBabyX44. Again, I'm going to link this article Please, please follow Juicy Palma and Breezy Sleazy on TikTok. They are amazing resources. Um, mm-hmm. Again, rights not rescue. Yes. Write your senators. Write your congressmen. Yes. Please. please. Help support us. Yeah. Where can we find you? <laughs> um, my Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok are Nixie Knight. And my OnlyFans is NaughtyNixie.com. Yay. Literally, decrim. Decrim. Thank y'all. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye. <laughs>